0: Two guys, one Shaker Cup podcast, hosted by Joshua Shaw and Ryan Buckeye. What's going on, everybody? Welcome inside the Two Guys, One Shaker Cup podcast. I am Ryan Buckeye, alongside Josh Shaw, here with more functional, functional conversation. What's just called that? Functional conversation, we've had an episode talking about functional foods, and that's a, a big thing, which Josh does a lot of as well, and I spent time in that area, um, but a, a maybe a larger part, or at least within the sports nutrition industry, has been the functional beverages, and we've talked at length about Bang, but there's plenty of different energy drinks out there, but it's not just energy drinks, there are di- different drinks out in... Major markets that we don't necessarily see here in sports nutrition that are functional beverages um, that are super interesting to talk about. And I think it's a good conversation for us to have today in terms of like where did functional beverages start? Where are they currently at? And where do we think they're going to go? Because I think um, there's a lot of new products coming to market. It's just part of the problem, Josh, is like a lot of these functional beverages, they just don't know how to market them, I, I think, to the consumer. Like, why would the consumer buy anything that's not going to give them a feeling? Or, I mean, when you think of a, a canned beverage or a, just a beverage in general, What's the number one functional benefit you look for? Typically, it's energy.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's it's tough. I mean, there's there's obviously the you are talking about like with the sensory type of a a feeling with the product, but more times than not, um, and we didn't touch on this when we we talked about the the food part, but um, you know, beverage more than anything else is a lot of times around like distribution and scale because you're moving around water, which yep. is essentially. Free, You know in America, so you don't want to move around water um, Because that takes away all of your margin. So like if you don't have the proper um, sales channel distribution um, All those types of, of things lined up you tend to then be working against uh, the wave and it's hard for you to You know sell things online or, or sell things, you know if especially if you don't have a ton of of margin built into this so I totally agree with you. I think the, like the sales story, the, um, you know, getting the consumer, the end consumer to understand maybe why they should purchase this over a ready to mix powder or something that maybe mm-hmm. has a more efficacious dose of, of what they're talking about. Um, that, then I think there's also like the aspect of, of just distribution, um, scale and, and beverages usually die. Uh, around that over them not being able to communicate properly like the sales story or, or like the functionality within the product
0: yeah and i think if we look at kind of like the history of functional beverages in general i mean it starts i think i mean i don't know like i feel like it almost starts with like just soda pop soda in general like there's caffeine and soda and that, the functional benefit there is alertness and, yeah. and increased in energy granted it's filled with a lot of other stuff but like coke was one of the first. There's probably one before that. I don't, I don't know the complete history, but I've got to imagine like, that would be considered a functional benefit today, energy is. But I think what we're going to kind of focus on in this episode is, is not just like, okay, just because it has caffeine, was there an elevated level of caffeine? That would then become more of like a functional beverage. Um, but do you, do you recall outside of like your Mountain Dews, your Pepsis and stuff, do you remember what your first sort of functional beverage in your life might have been?
1: Um, I mean, I guess if we're not considering like the carbonated soft drinks, cause I, I'm thinking back to like surge. I don't know if you had,
0: who hasn't had has surge. surge. Yeah.
1: Like it, back in middle school. Yeah. That was a, that was quite the tasty, uh, beverage. I looked back recently at uh, some of the macros and stuff around there and I was surprised at how much sugar, <laughs> sugar was in there. I was like, man, I was slugging those things down in like two liters. Like it was my job. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, um, I think for me it was probably if we're kind of focusing in on on more of the uh, caffeine side of this uh, conversation at the beginning, I think it would probably be Red Bull in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, I think the first time maybe I had it was in a bar. It wasn't in a can. I think it was just um, somebody ordered a uh, Red Bull um, vodka or I can't, it could have been Jaeger uh, or something like that. And and that was kind of my introduction into energy drinks and then after that I was like oh what are these things and then it's kind of like let's go buy it at a 7 and then that just kind of went down a uh, slippery slope where now I know I drink one almost every day and I think you do as well so it's like part of our pretty much part of our lifestyle now
0: yeah I mean Red Bull if they weren't the first they were the first to make it cool or popular I guess I think in terms of energy, an energy drink um, there was small can what was it like eight ounces? Um, you know, but they also they decided to market it completely different. They went uh, into bars and as, as sort of like uh, you know, like, alcohol is a depressant. Let's lift you up. Let's let's make sure that you can last all night. Vodka Red Bull, baby. Vodka Jaeger. Yeah. Jaeger bombs. You guys know how it is. Like that's yeah. what it was. Um, but Red Bull, I. I and, and those listening to this can correct me if I'm wrong, I think Red Bull came before Rockstar, came before Monster, uh, and then Rockstar yeah. and Monster kind of came after the fact when they saw the popularity of Red Bull. And I'm sure there's someone out there who's much smarter than I am that's thinking like, nah, before Red Bull there was this. And, and you're probably right. There might have been. But Red Bull was the first company that I, that I think in my recollection that made it popular to where you walked into a gas station and right next to the Coke and Pepsi, then you had a, a full cooler of Red Bull. Um, and... You know, people out there can argue saying, like, well, Gatorade's kind of a functional beverage. Mm, sure. Okay. But, I mean, when you talk about, like, the carbonated series, yeah, I think, I think Red Bull would be... Red Bull, for me, I think, is, is ultimately most likely the first one that I had to. It was either Red Bull or 5-Hour Energy, which isn't necessarily a beverage, but it's, yeah. like, a, a, a liquid shot. Um, and it had to be one or the other. And I can't necessarily... I, I don't remember which one it was. Um, but, again, it was just an elevated level of caffeine. And it, I don't know about you, Josh, but I thought Red Bull tasted like shit. I, I, I don't like the taste of Red Bull today. I think it smells awful. And people were drinking this stuff like crazy, especially in college, man. And you pop an Adderall and you drink a Red Bull and you study, 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 and you go do your final exams. And I'm just like, what are you drinking? And I try it. I'm like, this is gross. This is disgusting. Um,
1: yeah, that, that base flavor was, uh, I mean, still it's one of the most popular energy drinks. Uh, f- like just their basic original flavor is uh, the number one, I think, seller still in the U.S. Uh, in the energy market. So people like that. Taste. I think it's an acquired taste. It's do they like it or do
0: they just get it on the cheap? I mean, I don't know.
1: Yeah. I mean, But Red Bull's always like pretty um, price, like premium wise, like because they're so focused on their brand. I think you can get much cheaper uh, rock stars or yeah. uh, monsters at this point, and they taste uh, much of it. They do still have that same original flavor as well, but I, I don't think that those um, do as well as like the ultra monsters or things like that. But um, to kind of get us off the track of uh, energy drinks. Uh, we talked about, uh, but we could kind of focus a little bit on, on energy, uh, as a category, like with coffee, um, being kind of like a functional beverage. Um, and that being maybe the, the original one, uh, mm-hmm. in, in this whole kind of spectrum, if we're talking about things that maybe aren't just the, you know, extra vitamin D added, uh, milk or extra, whatever put into, uh, orange juice like that. We're not, we're not going back to that level because right. that's really not in the context of 2020. That's not really a, a functional beverage for people. If you say, "Hey, what functional beverages do you drink?" They're not going to be like, "Oh, I drink you know vitamin fortified milk." That's not that's not what they're going to be talking about. Uh, but I kind of also was thinking about you know outside of the U.S., we were a little bit late to all this because Red Bull started you know in Austria or I think that's where it was at, mm-hmm. but they, they didn't come over until like the late uh, mid 90s. But um, you think even like Eastern medicine and and things around like these different like elixirs with, um, adaptogens or herbs or botanicals or whatever, they were putting in this like seeped tea and they were serving it to people like those were like where this all came from. And we've finally like transitioned back to this, um, now with like packaged beverages and not having to actually know how to make these things in the proper ways, like actually just being able to like grab one off the rack of a, a convenience store or a grocery store and you can get some, you know, level degree of, of what, uh, those people were consuming you know thousands of years ago, probably.
0: Yeah. And I think back to just like, I mean, to revert back here in terms of what like my, what my first functional beverage was, it might not even been an energy drink. It might've been like the Tetra pack, um, you know, from, from Muscle Milk. when Muscle mm-hmm. Milk used to make the Tetra Packs before they went into that. I mean, protein, protein shakes are, have been around for a while, Yeah, which is a functional beverage, too. So, I mean, I know our minds like to go to bang in these energy drink markets and stuff, but you know, honestly, it might have been a Muscle Milk for me or, or Monster Milk when they had those on. That might have been before even Red Bull, for, in my case. But, it, you know, the history of, of functional beverages have been there, and I think what's really enticed people to get into this space is, you know, the rise of certain brands like Red Bull, Monster, Rockstar. They rose quickly and they made a lot of money. Um, You know, Monster made a ton of money for Coke. Red Bull, who's, is Red Bull by itself? Are they owned by Pepsi? Yeah. They're they're
1: by themselves. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, just, I mean, you can look at the the Nielsen data and just see like year over year how quickly this stuff grew. Um, And I think you posted, or you were looking for maybe IRI data recently on Bang. And like Bang is, just crazy growth for bang. I mean, you see it everywhere now. You see it in Costco. So it's like from the outside looking in, like why wouldn't you want a piece of the pie? But the problem with that is then too, it's like now everybody wants to do an energy drink. Everybody wants to get into the energy drink game. And I see dietary nutritional supplement companies all the time, tease a new energy drink or tease this drink in the space. It's like, what are you going to do that's different? Like, I mean, yeah. Jack and Bang, they approached the energy drink market differently. Red Bull became an entertainment company, okay? They started doing things like, uh, I, I can't even pronounce it, but they had, like, the Crash Dice stuff, and they had, like, a movie studio, and they had all these different sports. Like, it, it wasn't a beverage. It was an entertainment company. And Bang um, approached it as, like, we're, we're a sex company. Like, we sell sex. And, like, in terms of, yeah. the, you go to the booth, it's it's high energy, it's EDM music, it's women. So, they weren't selling a beverage. They were selling an experience, you know, we, we talk about that yeah. quite a bit here. Um, so that's the toughest part about getting into that realm. It's, and I know we heard the word or we use the word or hear the word all the time, Josh, that it's that's oversaturated. The energy drink market is oversaturated. Yeah. Is, is that true?
1: You know, I don't necessarily think it is. I mean, the growth rates in the category as a whole, um, I think are still upwards of close to 10% year mm-hmm. over year. And this is a mature beverage category. So this isn't like, you know, just starting out. This is a, I think, 12 or $13 billion uh, US market for energy drinks. So if you have that type of growth, um, there's more people coming into the, to the category. I think energy drinks used to be a fringe, um, thing. It used to be something that like partiers or, um, people that you didn't want to associate drink. And now it's like, like you see them in boardrooms, you see them uh, around everywhere. It's just a, an extension of coffee in a lot of senses. Like for me, I don't drink coffee because I don't like the bitter taste of coffee. Um, it's just not a, taste profile that I enjoy. So for me, drinking an energy drink in the morning is my coffee. It's just like, uh, that's just what I like because the flavor profiles. And I think a lot of people are, are doing a similar switch. So now you're having a ton of people jump into the category and there's a ton of people that have different kind of ideas of what an energy drink should be look like or or be like, Um, and that's why you're starting to now see um, even bigger um, portfolios come out with the actual um, like trademark name of themselves, like with uh, Coke Energy or a a Pepsi Cafe or or something like that, where they're basically not utilizing a sub brand. They're saying we're going to we're going to put our most valuable asset out there with an energy drink and see how it goes. And that just proves that if these big guys are coming in there, they see opportunity. They don't jump in just because they want to compete for like a little of the slice of the pie. They see that there's more opportunity out there. So for me, I don't think it's saturated at all. I think it's becoming more competitive, but I definitely don't think it's one of those things where somebody's trying to compete against the same person and that's all that's left. There's a lot more people coming in and a lot more people that have like Different ideas about what they want. So, I, I definitely don't think it's ending anytime soon. So, on our end, we're going to see a lot more people jumping into the, to the ball game and saying, I want a piece of that, even mm-hmm. if I'm getting scraps. Because you made a point like beverages or what we talked about in a previous episode with like foods, like these are relatable things. People are constantly obviously eating and drinking to survive. Um, and it's not like you have to mix a powder or you have to take a pill or, or something like that. So, the option of you getting like faster growth in terms of sales because you're more relatable is, is obviously there. Um, also if you are an entrepreneur and you're thinking, well, I might want to sell my business one day, you get a much bigger multiple off of beverage and food brands than you do off of a supplement brand. Mm -hmm. So if you are somebody that's smart enough that wants to exit your business one day, you also look at those categories as an opportunity for you to be a little bit more richer if you ever cash your chips.
0: There, I agree with you. I think every time I heard the word oversaturation, I was like, but, but why? Like you mentioned, it's a 10% growth rate. There's room for people. You look at like the cereal market, because that's where I came from. It had like a 2.3% decline year over year. But you walked yeah. on the cereal aisle, and there's still new players. There's still new stuff that comes into that all the time, because it's still a very valuable category. It's still a ton of money. And you have uh, you know energy drinks on the rise, just because when you think energy drink today, you think Red Bull, Bang, Monster, probably... Those three are your big ones, um, but there are also like many other ones that you know within our category, right, or within our industry who come out with with energy drinks. So America Labs came out with America Energy, Rep Sports came out with Raise Energy. Um, you know, I, I know that there are several big brands that you and I both converse with on a daily basis. that are playing an energy drink as well. These aren't dumb people. Like they 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 recognize like what's going on. They want a piece of the pie, and I think they can. But I I find it interesting. It's like okay, well, if if you truly think the energy drink category is oversaturated, then which direction do you go? And there's a, there's a ton of great examples in the market today that I thought have, have approached the beverage category better than others and in, a, in a way that's unique where it's not just caffeine, 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 but there's an actual separate functional benefit to it. And, and the one that I think maybe I've talked about on this podcast before, um, but that, that we've talked about, Josh, is like the company called FitAid. And Fit8 is is super interesting, and it's actually, I think in terms of functional beverages, I think it's one of the ones that's that's done better than than most. And the reason being is they offer a, a wide variety of different functional beverages. Each beverage has a specific functional benefit to it. It's not at all energy. So. I just pull up their website here. They have two recovered drinks. They have a uh, a balance drink, a focus drink, a revive drink, a defend drink, a perform drink, a thrive drink. They also have a hangover drink. Like these are drinks that they made specifically yeah. for uh, a, a want or need, and each one has its own um, prolific color to it. And I thought, and I see that Whole Foods carries them. They're in many other cool, unique grocery stores and some c stores as well. But they said like, okay, what can we do in this market that nobody else is doing? And it's like, okay, we know that people suffer from hangovers, so let's make a hangover drink. We know that people want something that's going to improve their focus, so let's make a, a drink that includes those, those type of uh, ingredients in it. And they have a plethora of brands, and I, I don't know how well they're doing when it comes to money, um, but I, I would anticipate the more and more I, I see them show up, more and more. Um, and I know they even have a CBD-infused drink now as well. So for me, if we're going to talk about like, some personal favorites in 2020, uh, the FitAid brand um, is one of... I think the more well done functional beverages in the market that we don't really talk about in sports nutrition or even you and I talk about on this podcast, we always talk about bang and bang and bang. But like there are some other companies out there doing some really cool things. And I think this is this might be my favorite one.
1: Yeah, I know those guys pretty um, pretty well over the years. They they were kind of fostered and, and began be, began in the uh, CrossFit world. Um, so they really kind of listened to the community in the CrossFit world, and really was able to be one of the brands that kind of came from that area, similar to like RX bars, mm-hmm. and was able to say like we're going to produce products that are specific to at that time probably like bleeding edge workout people. I mean, those people were like the affluent, um, you know, kind of trendy. Uh, people and if you're gonna listen to somebody and you're gonna be looking at a, at a beverage brand for the long haul That's probably a good audience to listen to so they were able to really like um, Create some really unique products that had a bunch of different like herbs and and um, you know botanicals and things in there um, I would say their taste has really like gotten better over the years and that's helped their product as a whole I don't know what their revenue rate I, I looked uh, I think in a recent article it was somewhere around like maybe 40 million or something like that so okay. the, uh, Great business, but yeah. um, obviously not at the level of, of some of these energy drinks we talked about with the monsters and the Red Bull. But I don't necessarily think that they're even trying to compete against them um, anytime sh- soon in the short term. They're really focused on like targeted, personalized kind of appeal of like these use cases around their products. They're saying they used to have one like for golfers, they used to have, yeah, they like, still they have, have like these- a golfer aid. It- yeah, they, so they have these different like things we're saying like, Hey, these are underserved, um, audiences that buy a lot of products and we're going to produce products, um, for them. And I think that that's where you're going to see, like, we're going to continue on the energy drink, uh, play here. It's like, you're going to see that like personalization or like kind of fragmenting the market. Um, you also are seeing that with just like with a company like Acellulacor that has um, more of like the neuro or or, uh, nootropic uh, focus type of a product, like kind of take down the uh, caffeine a little bit, but increase some other uh, nutraceutical type of ingredient, cognacin and things of that nature. And I think you're seeing that kind of play out because people are saying, well, I don't know if I want to keep consuming 300 or more milligrams of, of energy, uh, caffeine in an energy drink, you know, am I okay with 150 or, or 200? And if I have some other ingredients in there, is that better for me? Um, so I think that's kind of starting to happen as well, um, to kind of pivot out of the energy side you you mentioned proteins um one product that i saw recently um get a lot more interesting is with like vital proteins with like their collagen yeah. uh, protein water um i i mentioned them i think when we were giving away awards i like their packaging on their like just regular yep. ready to mix powders and things like that and i and i talked about them having a collagen water um Offering but now they're coming out with ones that are like much more positioned towards like our world of, of kind of a more of the sport world I think they just have a bunch of products in, in GNC with like maybe 20 or so grams of collagen protein in each drink and you know They're really trying to kind of push that collagen protein um, subcategory into the mainstream because if you're going to pick up a protein beverage at this point, it's usually either going to be plant protein or it's going to be, you know, a milk protein coming mm-hmm. from, you know, a cytosport or a premier protein um, or labrata or something like that. Other right. than that, I mean, you have um, you don't really have these kind of fringe ones that are coming out. So I think they're going to really push that like collagen play um, coming up.
0: Yeah, it's, I mean, and you can transition. And we talked about Redcon 1 before on this show, like their MRE Light RTD, which is a, a non dairy based protein. It's a, the first basically animal based protein that's not dairy, I think, in the market yeah. that's an RTD. And I got samples sent to me, and they're phenomenal. They're fantastic. So um, they're in that category, the protein category, as you mentioned, like, that, I'm not saying it's oversaturated at all. It's just been untapped. Like you had your main players in Premier and Muscle Milk or Cytosport, and that was it. Like, then you started to kind of get some of these plant-based ones. You walk into a Whole Foods and you go to the refrigerated beverage section, you'll see a ton of plant-based RTDs now. But they're, no, n- I'm not saying that they will never will, but it's going to take a while for those to get in the C-stores. It's going to take a while yeah. for those to get in the gas stations just because it's not something um, that is... That, that, even if you go to Whole Foods today, they, they're not sold left and right off these shelves. Um, there are still issues in terms of... Mixability and taste that they need to figure out. Plant-based protein will eventually get into mainstream everywhere, including C stores, but we're just not there yet. So I think it um, is something like Recon One MRE Light RTD going to do it. I mean, that might be weird for people too, like a beef-based protein. Yeah, that might not be an easy sell. Um, but it's an area in which Muscle Milk or Cytosport Sport and Premier Pro have just been able to sit on top of that mountain and say, "Listen, you don't you don't have a choice when you walk into a walk into a BP gas station or whatever it might be. Like you're you're buying." Basically, at that point, you're probably buying saddle Sport Muscle Milk because they have that all the C stores covered. Or yeah. if you walk into maybe like a vitamin shop or something, it's Premier Pro like you're, or a gym. You're gonna buy that. Now, that's not to say like optum Nutrition has some of their protein RTDs you see in gyms and whatnot, but it, primarily it's those two. And it's I've always said that the brands that come to me, it's like how do you how do you change the RTD category in protein because it's been it's been kind of stagnant or it's been and and not saying it's broken, but I'm saying there's gotta be an opportunity there and with collagen and with beef based protein. And there's a lot of things um, that brands can do. And I think there are probably more brands out there thinking what they, what they should do. Because the one thing too, even if even if it's flavors, Josh, like you don't see these big brands coming out with cool flavors, like blueberry cobbler and apple pie or birthday cake. Like they're just not, they're chocolate, vanilla, strawberry. Yeah. I think it's,
1: it's a lot around the risk. I mean like the, the hurdle to get into like a RTD protein beverage is high. Like to get line time, you're looking at multiple millions of dollars of an investment for an initial run. So, and that's a lot of times depending on, on what you're running, like you're, you're spending at least a million dollars of flavor. So you think about this in the context of our world, there's not a lot of people that have the money to be able to spend on that and also absorb the potential risk if something doesn't work out properly. So you have a lot of just uh, the same players um, that have have gotten up there because they've gotten the scale and they're able to do it. So so not only like you have the struggles on the manufacturing side, like the cash side to actually do it, but then you also have to have the right team in place and the right product and everything. And, and to your point, like that's why you don't see necessarily like some of the plant proteins um, out in all the major um, sales channels, right. or you don't see some of these like crazy flavors because the people that are buying this to the level that you need to actually make money. You have to just, you go with the, the plain Jane stuff, you go with the stuff that's tried and true because you don't necessarily have the uh, ability to absorb the risk with some of these like more innovative things. And that's why, um, you know, people are looking at it now because I think you're seeing finally some uh, on the supply side, like on the manufacturing side, a little bit less, um, of the cost hurdle. Um, I still think you're years away before you can start to like have some of these more, um, smaller brands kind of get into that space, uh, with, you know, what we're talking about with like a premier pro or, or a muscle milk or something like that. But, um, you know, you look at it and you say, this is a blue ocean because you say, there's not (laughs) a lot of competitors out there. Like, why do I want to compete with my protein powder where there's 10,000 protein powders that right. I only have, I can, I can only count 10 or so uh, competitors on the uh, RTD beverage. Let's, let's roll with it. But then you, you put all the other things in play and you go, Oh, like, we're just not ready for that. Yeah. That's not gonna, you know, it's not gonna work for us.
0: I think you brought up a good point earlier too. And you said something about, you know, producing energy drinks. I, I believe you mentioned this. It, it's, it's not cheap for, I mean, you, you can either, you can, here's why, here's, I'm not saying it's, it's okay. I shouldn't say it's, it's not, not that it's cheap. But it's hard to get it taken care of because a lot of these beverage companies are are packing beverages for multiple different brands, whether Coke, Pepsi, Budweiser. Um, you know, many of these different drinks who are in cans. And now you're going to run you're going to run a a, a a size of x amount of cans compared to say Budweiser. They're not going to put you in a schedule quickly. Yeah. You know, they they are okay saying you know what you're going to have to wait four months because we got. All this orders and volume that we need to produce for Anheuser Busch or whatever it might be, or maybe it's PepsiCo. Like, it's really hard to do it. So that's why, like, within our field, a lot of these companies now are saying, you know what, fuck it, I'm gonna buy my own manufacturing equipment. Like, rep sports day with Rays. They don't have to wait. They can produce and get out. They don't have to worry about, you know. Can you imagine? Like if uh, the number one selling flavor of, of Bang sold out and then they couldn't get on the schedule for six weeks to produce more, like that's not how yeah. you run a business. You have to forecast for that. So it's, it's difficult. It's expensive to buy all your own shit, though. I mean, it's a risk. I will tell you this. Speaking with Chris and Lex over at Rep Sports, they knew when they bought the equipment to, to purchase or to, to make Rays, if Rays wasn't a success, they were going out of business. Rep Sports would yeah. have been out of business, and, and the Nutrike the brand would have been hurting because they spent a lot of money on that to make this work. So it's a huge risk to do it. Now, that's not to say you can't do it. I mean, it's definitely definitely possible. I know, you know, there, but there are, there are bottling companies everywhere that, that do things. It's just sometimes it's, it's difficult depending on volumes to get onto the schedule. Um, a couple other things that I think, you know, here as we, we sort of bring this back full circle, when we look towards. The future of functional beverage. I mean, you look at, like we mentioned some of these brands on here, that, that like Celsius, right? Celsius is yeah. like the thermogenic fat-burning thing. They've done really cool in terms of approaching it differently. I see a lot of people drink that, by the way, like in the gym yeah. setting. I see a lot of people drink that. Um, there's an O2 natural recovery drink, which I actually have a couple of those in my fridge. But the common theme that I'm starting to see now, and, and your boy Jack over at Bang has done it, um, this O2 drink has done it. But again, we, we talk about this on the functional food Podcast as well, but this this premise of, of CBD infused X, yeah. and um, you know that is where I am seeing a lot of this stuff going now with Bang coming out with Stoked. I actually had one of those the other day. Shockingly, it was good. I really enjoyed it. Now I don't, I didn't feel any effect in terms of the CBD stuff, but um, there's CBD re- infused recovery waters. I think that this trend, like as soon as the government figures out how they really want to like regulate this and approach this, and, and what claims you can make and what you can't make. That's going to be the area in which brands are going to be like, all right, let's do it, let's do it. I mean, I'm sure there are brands like, you know, Pepsi, I think, or Coke right now, either makes one or they have a formula 4 CBD infused. Isn't it, is there a CBD infused monster that's maybe across seas? Or, is um, it, or no, Coke? I mean,
1: I think everybody at this point, like from a, from an R and D perspective, I'm pretty sure almost every. Um, beverage company has, uh, you know, something in line ready to go, or they have some investments through, um, whatever to, um, have one already in market, maybe in Canada or, or something like that legally. Um, so you're seeing everybody kind of already get ready. They're all posturing up ready for it. Um, sure. I think the only one, maybe Coca-Cola was the only one that the CEO publicly has kept to say, he's like, we're not going down that path, even though, you know, I'm sure they, they still are, but it's one of those things where I don't know if he wants to show his hand, uh, publicly, but, um, yeah, I mean CBD beverage in, in general. I mean, I think that it's probably going to have uh, the the ones that are going to be the most successful are going to be the ones that are relatable. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, I think you're going to see like a carbonated soft drinks so or things like that that have CBD in, infused in it. Because the mainstream is going to be what drives um, CBD, the adoption of CBD to be this you know 25 billion dollar industry. It's not going to be you know sports buyers, or it's not going to be these like fringe products that have a bunch of adaptogens or, or this, that, or whatever. I mean, those might be the the catalysts to get it started, but it's going to be something like, you know, Pepsi uh, calming or something, you know what I mean? Where like it, it, it helps you out uh, in that world, whatever the kind of use cases that they're allowed to play off of because the FDA says so it's going to be, I think that's going to be where you're going to see this, but I think we're only like just hitting like the first step of like this beverage CBD play. Like I, I don't think this is even getting any closer. I, I talked a bunch of times on, on my channel and then I think a few times even on our podcast around a company called recess, mm-hmm. which I think is probably one of the better ones like um, that is out there. Very risky to be out there to the level in which they are a couple other companies, I think like day trip um, and, uh, and I a few other ones that have like done a pretty good job at building a beverage brand solely around, um, CBD um, beverages, and not necessarily like just, hey, this is a whatever type of drink, we've added some CBD. It's actually like a whole um, platform that they've built around like the um, use cases or feelings around that, and not thinking about it as like a commodity, thinking about it as like, this is uh, kind of a bigger play here, so I like uh, where CBD is going, but I, I know going into expo, West here in a few weeks, I'm going to be, um, I think I mentioned it too. I'm going to have to start asking the question more, what is in this before I consume it? Because a lot of times I'm just so used to just trying products when I'm there, but I might end up uh, walking out with like two or three grams of uh, CBD by the time I
0: I walk out the door (laughs) over those couple of days. Yeah, dude. I mean, I just looked at the Recess brand. First off, the branding is beautiful. Like the packaging yeah. is beautiful. So um, it, it's yeah, you're right, absolutely right. Um, as we wrap up the episode here, Josh, let me ask you. You put you a, put you in a seat. You are going to develop a, a functional beverage company or drink. Where are you going right now in 2020 in January of 2020? Where are you investing your money and what would you with? What would the Shawl functional beverage drink of choice be?
1: I guess I, I'm going to ask you one question before I answer this. Is am I trying to get a Quick return, or am I? Am I going to be
0: patient? Let's go patient. I think it makes it okay. a better answer.
1: <laughs> so I think I think for me, like I think I'm playing off of um, like more of the holistic wellness play. I'm going to go back to like same with like Eastern medicine of like more of the adaptogens, the elixirs, the you know trying to get into this idea of like mindfulness or like the anxiety economy. I think that's going to be where we all end up happening like we're already so over caffeinated we're already so like packed and our schedules are so busy and we um, are struggling to like you know stay uh, in the game and i think that eventually somebody you know raises their hand one of these big companies and says we need to come out with something to like help push push us back to like the uh the the middle here and i think that that's going to be where this all kind of goes is like more towards this anxiety mindfulness um and i would probably focus most of my attention on like things that could be around like plant-based just because Mm. i think overall i think that's where more the consumer share of the dollars are going um regardless if i you know am one of those people that that consumes any type of um you know vegetarian vegan alt meat i don't i'm not one of those consumers but i i'm a watcher of other people and i know that a lot of people are buying that stuff and uh, if i'm building a company i'm going where um, i'm going where the money's you know kind of going i'm not gonna try to fight the fight the trend
0: yeah well i mean the reason we picked plant base is because of that big plant fucking wall behind you which probably has all the ingredients <laughs> you need it so you're set to go um, for me yeah i think that the whole um theme of Cognitive, cognitive enhancement is, is kind of where I'm at. I mean, we this whole premise of, of our concept of nootropics is still relatively new. Um, yeah. I mean, it hasn't really picked up mainstream, mainstream yet, but I think what's interesting is anytime I give like a nootropic to a Um, a higher level executive. They absolutely love it. And I think when they try it more and more, and now a lot of people don't like popping pills. They think it's weird or or mixing a powder. So, you know, like uh, Cellucor just came out with that smart energy or whatever it's called, right? So, I mean, I think that's where I would go because, A, I'm passionate about that. I think the My Muscle Connection or the Nootropics are are amazing. I use them every single day. I'm more productive when I take them. But it would be nice to have just a canned beverage that tastes good, that's carbonated, that provides... You know, those ingredients, like you mentioned, some of the, the, the anti-anxiety stuff, too. You can have, like, your theanines in there, your alpha GPCs, yeah. et cetera, um, that, I, that, I personally, that I personally would really like. The other thing which I think is far-fetched that we haven't really gotten there yet is this whole concept of gut health and digestive health. I mean, if you can create a beverage that's – the instructions are like, drink this with every meal to help you digest what you take and it tastes good, you might be on to something. If people can really, really – or if they're able to digest this big-ass meal they just had at a restaurant or at home and all they have to do is drink a 12-ounce can of – Whatever it might be, it might be an easier way to actually improve gut health, which those of us within the fitness world know that they always say, like, everything starts within the gut. It really does. And I think the more and more research that comes out on that, the more and more educated people are gonna be. Uh, but yeah, I mean, what, what better way to be able to digest that Big Mac from McDonald's if you can sip down a nice 16 ounce digestive health? good-tasting <laughs> carbonated beverage. Uh, if you guys like what you heard on this episode, make sure you hit that subscribe button. We're on iTunes, Spotify, over on YouTube as well. We're on Facebook at Two Guys, One Shaker Cup, Josh Shaw Consulting. You can go there and then request anything from him or a fitness informant for us. Any topics for the show, make sure you hit us up. We will discuss them in a future episode. Um, until next time, I, I guarantee, you, I'm not going to guarantee it, I, but I would say, I would, I would be shocked if that that green screen behind you, Josh, is still in existence in six months after you start this beverage company. I think you're going to, yeah. to start to to start pick out your herbs. Uh, and and yeah. create the Josh yeah. All drink of choice. <laughs> Definitely. Subscribe to our podcast. We're on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Podcast, and more. Follow us along on our social media channels. We're on Facebook, Two Guys, One Cup, Instagram, and Twitter.